The following program is rated MAL. It contains strong language and is intended only for mature audiences. Green flag waving for the always exciting Sheldon Hutchill. He'll bounce the right rear off the wall with turn four. Lot one for Sheldon Hutchill. Quick time! Off turn four. Quick time! Ten. Zero. Three. Zero. Second lap time for David is quick time! 15 0 2 2. Lap number one for Kyle Larson. Quick time! It's a 10 1 45. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Quick Time the Podcast. We got the gang all back together. Uh, Brad Brown, Jason Orthus with us. And we are joined by the uh, 2021 IMCA Race Saber National Champion. Tyler Drukey, the Duke is here. Tyler, how's it going? Pretty good. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Uh, guys, how was your uh, week? It was great. We spent it out at the Branch Stoke Lake all weekend. Uh, I'd be late. I'd be boating, I guess. Uh, weather was awesome and just uh, had a nice relaxing weekend out at the lake and watched the Huskers finally get a win. That's a rare sight right there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I just uh, I just caught I caught the races on online and watched it online. I was going to go out and just never got Never got the motivation to go do it. Spent Saturday watching football and hanging out. And so I mixed it in there, but did all from the comfort of somebody's home or my home. So, Yeah, I, I caught some of the races. I caught the uh, the free previews on the IMCA TV. So uh, I, I cheaped out and didn't, and didn't buy the package. I had the kid this weekend, so she didn't want to go out to the racetrack. I, I don't know what's wrong with her. So we're a racing podcast, and not one of us went to the races. No. No, but we got someone here who did go to the race, <laughs> yeah. and it was very successful. So uh, – Let's uh, let's jump into the uh, the race saver nationals and Tyler. Uh, your prelim night uh, Friday night didn't go so well at the beginning. Uh, those heat races are tough. You gotta you gotta win that thing to transfer in the A, and you locked yourself into a C feature. Then, well, the benefit of only living a mile from the racetrack is I knew how much rain they had, so uh, <laughs> yeah, I kind of had a hunch that that was how that was going to go down. But we drew a pretty good pill, and as soon as I, you know, kind of optimistic after the pill draw and. Then I seen the lineup come out for the heat race, and that was when panic started to set in. So, um, yeah, set a new track record in our heat race. Luke Cranston did, and then if Trevor's on the front row, you know he's awfully hard to pass. You got to be really, really good. So, no, we just I got inside Trevor one time, um, maybe about halfway through that heat, and that was it. You know, it just wasn't enough room there. So, yeah, and then after the heat race, that was. Uh, I knew we were going to have to be really, really good to make something out of it, and so we saved the whole weekend there on Friday night. Yeah, you uh, like I said, you locked yourself in a C feature. Uh, did you end up winning that or just transfer out of the C? Yeah, we, we did end up winning it. Um, I think I made my way to fourth or so, and then a couple of the guys in front of us got tangled up, and I restarted in second, was able to get the lead pretty quick after that. And then uh, – uh, actually, John Carney was running second to us in, in a couple of late restarts. He tried to slide us, slide us once, crossed over, had another restart. He tried to slide us, and we just beat him around the outside that time. But so, to put in perspective of how fast the track was, we actually broke the original track record in the C, um, and we were running around the top. So, I mean, it was still juiced up at that point. I think it was like a. 12 4 2 6 or something like that in the sea 
is what we had. I'd, I'd have to go back and look at race monitors. So <laughs> we were track. still, <laughs> yeah, we were still hauling the mail. So then just start in the back of the B and go as hard as you can for as long as you can. And, you know, just ran the alphabet. So uh, as a kid, did you like the alphabet cereal? Because you definitely ran the alphabet soup on Friday night. <laughs> I was a life cereal guy. So, uh, and original. I don't like changing it. So <laughs> keep it simple and don't mess with it too much. But Which is pretty much what all we had time to do to the race car. We just dropped the air pressures down and put fuel back in it. So. Yeah, they don't waste any time when, when you transfer from a C feature or a V feature to the next feature because the next race is rolling right out. No, and they... I, I don't know if it was this year was the first year they changed the format a little bit because they only took three out of each main. And I thought in years past they used to take like seven, so they yeah. started 20 cars in each main. Yeah. Well, this year, for whatever reason, they only started 16. So we had 13 heats, and they only took three until you got to the B, and then they took seven. So not only was the track fast, but if you started in the back, it made it even harder to yeah, transfer yeah. to, you know, I – I think that was maybe an error, in my opinion, but um, I don't make the rules. Hey, uh, you said it earlier in, on the front stretch show, uh, if you need a format to win a race, you're not doing your job, so you can't blame the format for that. No, no, absolutely, and I stand by that. So, <laughs> um, no, I, that's, I mean, that's just kind of a cop-out, in my opinion, but, I mean, everybody's got their own opinion, so more power to them. So you roll in the A feature on Friday night, and you end up, one spot short behind Jason Martin, who had a who's had a great couple of weeks. I mean, he picked up an ASCS national show in Waukini the week before. Picked up the uh, the Eagle feature last week, and then knocked off Friday night at the Nash, Nationals with a win, and just one spot short. But locks you in the big dance on Sunday. Yeah, absolutely. No, when when Jason shows up for the first time all year and wins the weekly show, man, I was like, what in the heck do we have to do to be able to run with him? And Honestly, kind of got lost on Friday night of what position I was in in the middle of that feature. So um, when we crossed the line, I really didn't know where I finished. And then I looked at the board, and 5X and 12 were on top. So I, I didn't – I was like, wow, that's pretty good. So, um, But, no, Jason's really fast. He's always going to be fast. And he, similar to Carney when he shows up in that 74B car, um, you know that – that's one of the guys that you're going to have to beat and you're going to have to outrun them because they're not going to beat themselves. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you mentioned getting lost on the track. Is that something easy to do? I can, I can only imagine being out there with 24 cars, 27 cars on Sunday and lap traffic, just, you know, all you're doing just going in circles and well, I can imagine you get lost. It, it doesn't happen fairly often. Um, I mean, I like to think I can try and keep track of where I'm at most of the time, up front. but well, I mean, <laughs> I was, I, I was in such a mindset that I just needed to go as hard as possible every single lap, and no matter what happened. So, like, we came down. It was towards the end there. I actually thought it was a lap car, but it turns out it was for second and third. And those two guys, we, I had raced the third place car. I think it was John Painter, mm-hmm. Jr. at the time. Um, he was running third and I had tried to slide him and he got back by me and I kind of, I couldn't get back close to him again. Uh, and we were coming up on Ryan Hall and we were actually catching him. And when Painter went to pass Hall off a two, it slowed them both down. And I had a run down the back straightaway and I just slid them both into three. And that was to go from fourth to second. So, I mean, 
I thought I was in that fifth or sixth place range, and that was maybe for, you know, fourth or fifth or somewhere in there. And just turns out that was second, third, and fourth. Yeah, not a bad way to. It know. amazes yeah. me that you, guys, you drivers can recall your events as fast as they happen. And here we are five days later, and you still know what the hell you did on each lap. And, I just, and Kyle Larson's really popular with doing that. And, but all drivers, are they can they can recall every race that they run, and, and it just amazes me your guys' memory on when you're, supposed, when you're running 12-second laps. That just is, is amazing. Well, I, I love listening to Kyle talk because he'll he'll get technical and what he's thinking and 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 like his uh, what he said about Knoxville and watching the board and and all that stuff. So it's, it's I like listening to that kind of stuff. You never know, and you can pick up a trick or two to use for yourself. So do you do you watch the board when there's one available? I haven't been to too many places where there's a board. Um, I know when he ran with the Outlaws at Houston, they had a board. The board. The problem with Houston's board is it's parallel to the back straightaway so the only way you can really see it is if you get the car really i guess what you call bent and turn one then you can kind of see it but it's actually pretty hard at least or i'm not good enough at it either (laughs) one practice (laughs) absolutely so uh you lock yourself into this dance on on friday night for sunday but there's a big race the race champions on uh on saturday and you picked up the feature win there, and that's got to be very special because, you, you know, you got Matt Salas on the side of your car, big supporter of yours, and, you know, and the whole Ida family being out there. What, what was that like, picking up that win? Uh, we've been chasing that one for a while. You know, that obviously means a lot to our team. So, yeah, it, and in years past, we just never set ourselves up right to have a good starting spot. And when you get to the Race Saver Nationals, I mean, everybody that makes a main is a fast car. So it, it's – track position becomes even more important and you need to start up front and so winning the heat race on friday night it was um definitely helped and we got to start third and you know we got to race with danny wood pretty hard there for most yeah most of the race i told danny on uh sunday i said i got a i got an autograph card in my basement somewhere of the pepsi (laughs) card and i told him i said i want to have you autograph that and write 2021 on it this time so he got a kick out of that (laughs) yeah definitely so uh like i said you pick up that victory and those are one of the races that you locked yourself in. I'm guessing if you didn't live a mile down the road, didn't have all your equipment available, would you still ran that race? Oh, you know, yeah. Or, or would you be too worried about tearing up your shit? No, I mean, it still paid $1,000 to win. So yeah. for the little 305 class, you know, we I used to travel over to Des Moines every 1000 to win show they had. So I only had to go a mile for that one. So <laughs> yeah. I, that, makes sense. that wouldn't make much sense for me not to run it. So, I, I mean, we kind of use it as a test session. Um we we weren't able to change much on Friday night, and the handling really went away halfway through the A feature on Friday night from what I felt like I needed. Um, so we changed some things. We were able to change tires and change things around for the heat race on Friday. So then Saturday, based off what we learned Friday, we changed some more. And in the end, it was good, not great. Um, I would like, to, you know, I thought we needed to be a little better yet. How how did the track change from uh, from Friday to Saturday? I mean, obviously with the rain and stuff, it you know, I'm sure it dried up and slicked off. So, well, even by the feature on Friday night, it definitely slicked off halfway through. Um, we just didn't have the right balance in that A on Friday night, halfway on. But 
Um, Saturday, much slicker, got wider, and you could move around like we we ran right around the tires in one and two, and then railed the top in three and four in the race of champions. So, and it got. I think a lot of it has to do with the out of towners. I don't think their their cars are maybe too tight. So when they go in the corner, it skates the right rear because all weekend the entries to both both corners they would get really slick and blown off. So like uh, the a lot of guys from like North Carolina and Virginia, some of the guys from Pennsylvania, the tracks they race on, they're big, they're slick, they're dusty, and. They're, I'm assuming they're going to run their cars a lot flatter and softer, mm-hmm. and it, it just skates the right rear going in the corner. And it was definitely evident in that race of champions on Saturday night because you go in there and the track was so slick, it'd just back up to the fence if you weren't careful. Yeah. I was watching that too. It was, I, and I, I did get to see that on Friday, and um, I was surprised at how wide the track did get considering. Yeah, you know, I, I kind of figured it just settle into one groove and everybody just kind of follow it. And... it Friday night or Friday night was definitely more it he he actually left it alone for a long time yeah. after he reworked I think he reworked it after hot laps even on Friday night and then we went out and ran all the heats and it still stayed good and I think he reworked it one more time during the mains but then he he actually had like two extra track preps there that he skipped and it finally got blown off by the the tail end of the night. See, I think they do too much sometimes, and it it locks the track down. They they'll roll in that, you know, and it'll just get. It was, it's almost too good sometimes. I I prefer that the track slicks off a little bit. You'll see me. They'll go out there and they'll work and they'll put that water down, and then just one lane, you know, for the rest of the night. So it was it was nice to see it spread out. It there's a lot. I think last year maybe he let it go too long. And it got too hard. So then when he went out and dissed it, like, it just, it, it made it all, like, little bricks. Yeah. And the, all the tires were chunking out last year from it. It got so hard and rubbered up then. And then when he did try and bring it back, it just made a bunch of little bricks. And the tires would chunk out. So it just destroyed tires. You know, it hurt it. Uh, I think I-80 had a problem with that at that ASCS show. Yeah, at the end of last year, Mm -hmm. it tore up some wings and stuff. It did a lot of the same similar things that Eagle did in the last year during the nationals. So, past experience, I'm sure he's worried about that, trying to keep the track good so it didn't take rubber and didn't get that hard. So, I mean, I'm not a track prep guy. I don't want to be a track (laughs) prep guy. I ain't volunteering any advice for it. So. I guess well, whatever they get held us. up, and I, I was pretty pleased with that many cars. Well, he's got to, yeah, he's got to have his work cut out for him because he's got he starts pretty early in the evening or late afternoon, so it's still sunny and bright. Fortunately, there was not high no high um, temperatures and and wind, so that helped. But you got two classes of cars and a hundred sprint cars. I mean, you're bound to have to work it a couple times during the night just to try to make it so it's racy and not taking rubber and stuff. So. Uh, um, he, he's he's got his work cut out for him. That's for dang sure. Well, my opinion, the the track's never the same during the nationals as it is all year long. So you can do you can. I think he kind of messes with track prep all year long during intermissions to doing. Sometimes he does it the same back to back weeks. Sometimes he maybe changes it up a little bit. So I think maybe he's using that to try and learn, but then you come to the nationals and it's all sprint cars. We don't have yeah. hobby stocks. Um, yeah, yeah. The, the cars tearing it up. The stock cars 
coming in instead of the compacts this year changed the way the track progresses throughout the night quite a bit. So, but yeah, I mean, yeah, when you come to this nationals weekend, it's always different. You said the, with the late models, is that because of the, the, the wider tires? They're, they didn't chew the, the track up, it's just kind of... Yeah, the IMCA stock cars, they they just he changed changed the order so that we used to have the... Was it the hobby stocks right before the sprint cars, I think, in the order? And that would always chew the track up yeah. and bring it back. They run the narrow street tires, right. I think is what they are. Um, but now they're running the IMCA stock cars, which would be similar to the B mods. And then they go to the hobby stocks, um, where then they go to the modified, the A mods, and then the B mods. So I used to always watch the A mods. That was the best indication of what the track was doing mm-hmm. because then, was it the compacts came out fourth? Yeah. Yeah, the compacts yeah, came back up right before Yeah, the so then they would till it up and kind of dirty the top of it, and it would just make the top dirty, but it, it would be gone in five laps. So you had to, I always watch the A mods. That was the best indication of what the track was doing. Five laps into the A, it would be right back to how they ended the ended their race. Okay. Well, now you watch the A mods, and you think you know where it's at, and you go back to the trailer and get in the car, and you come back out, and it's a skating ring. <laughs> by the time you get back to it, the B mods, it just seems like they polish whatever's left, and by the time we get to it, there's just not much left. That's more science than I need to know about a racetrack right there. <laughs> yeah. I'm probably a nerd and pay too close attention. Yeah, I, I, there's no way. I, can, I can't read a racetrack to save my life. So let's uh, move on to Saturday night. Uh, talk, about, talk about your race. I mean, you started off, you know, on the front row. You, you said you like being in the middle uh, on, on, on the front stretch show. Would that be the same if you started on the sixth row? Would you want to be in the middle on something like that? Or would you rather be on the outside or inside? once you start getting in the sixth row, I don't know that it matters. I mean, I've started back there before, and it, it seems like you go all the way down the front straightaway, half throttle, and you're not even on the gas because you're just on top of everybody. So, no, I, I mean, I, I really thought if you're going to win this deal, you had to qualify on Friday night and start in the front two rows. If anywhere in the front two rows, I think you could settle in and have a shot at it. But, once you start deeper back, um, Carney obviously proved that he can come through there really fast. So I don't think so. Once you start farther back, I don't think it really matters. Okay. You're, you're either bottled you're up only, on the bottom, you're bottled yeah. up in the middle, or you're bottled up on the top. You're either the way, way, there's nowhere to go. You were the only guy that, I, that I've ever heard that said they prefer the middle. Everybody says they either want the outside or the, or the inside just to kind of have an escape plan if something if the shit hit the fan on the first going in the first turn, turn one. Yeah, and everybody usually keeps their head on the on the first lap. Ask first about corner. that kind of you know when you start three wide and that many cars, does everybody kind of kind of realize you know about the first lap is kind of a throwaway lap while you guys sort out a little bit just to keep from tearing each other up, or do you got that one guy that's going to try to win it on the well first lap? The first two rows are yeah. probably going. Well, but that's the other thing too. Like I said, the first two are, are taken off, whereas everybody else is kind of trying to find their way. So I can see where that's a huge disadvantage. Yeah. So like. Well, I mentioned the race saver cars. They're so equal. So it's really hard to make up car lengths once you lose them. So if you start in the front two rows, you know, you're going hell-bent for election into mm-hmm. into one. You start getting farther back, you're giving up time because you're running over the guy in front of you. You don't want to bang wheels with somebody and do something dumb on the first lap. Um, so you're giving up time. And 
they're so equal, it's hard to make up time unless whoever you're chasing makes a mistake. That's why Brad doesn't like 305s. Once it gets slick, <laughs> then it comes back, and it, then it's yeah. just like any other sprint car, that, but it's got to get slick. It. Yep. That's how I, That's why I hate when the track stays really wet for 305. It just locks down too much. It's not. But well, that's not any up. different than any, any other any other track, any, any other, other race car. Yeah. Yeah, well, you kind, you kind of saw what I was. What I, I, my opinion is on on the last two laps of the A feature on sa- Sunday. Um, John went into one slow and slid across the track high, and he came out high in two. Well, you had all of your momentum, and you blew right by him because he had no momentum and he had no speed to to pick up the throttle and get going down the backstretch until he hit the cushion. And maybe maybe I'm not, I'm not a driver, so maybe it's the same in a 410 or 360, but that's just what I think about 305s is um, John was kind of hung out to dry. There was nothing he could do to, to break that slide from him and, and get going down the backstretch and gave you plenty of time to get past him. Uh, what I would say is if you're going to go slide across the slick in any car and then bang the cushion, mm-hmm. the only difference is the 410 bangs the cushion and it lifts the front wheels off the ground. The 305 gets to the cushion. It just gets... It's slower to get going. Yeah. So um, all cars are about momentum and keeping your speed up. Yeah. You know, us racing around Eagle in a 305, it's probably similar to a 410 at Knoxville in, in terms of the momentum and how important it is to keep your speed up. You hear, you know, Jason Johnson talked about yeah. it. You'll hear, uh, you know, Larson, all them guys that never raced Knoxville in a 410 yet. But um, – it's very important to keep your speed up because once you give up time, the differences at Knoxville, they come from yeah. 10, 12 car lengths back. Yeah. You know, we, we only came from three or four off of two at Eagle. So, <laughs> so uh, I, I watched the video highlights from the IMCA TV of, your, of the last three laps of the, of the Nationals on Sunday. And uh, you and John had a, uh, John Carney had a pretty good race there. Uh, swapped the lead several times. Uh, coming out of four, you guys – um, you guys were racing for the win, and uh, you guys made contact with each other, and and you ended up winning by like 0.27 seconds or something like that. So um, uh, he was a little frustrated at the end uh, in the interview, but uh, you would expect that. So, uh, um, but you were just you were going for the win, and you were doing what you were supposed to do. And uh, uh, so, how fun was that racing with him? He, he's got a lot of laps too, and so how fun was that racing with him, coming down to the checkers, knowing that it's elbows up, and you just had, you had to do what you had to do. Well, if you're going to win one of them big races, that 74B car is always usually in the field, and they're usually up front. Yeah. It doesn't matter who drives it. So if you can stay with them, then you know your car's pretty good. They're, I told uh, them guys after the races later on that night that that, that car's the standard wherever it goes. Yeah. So that's the one you got to beat. And, you know, I, in my heart of hearts, I really think if he makes a few different decisions in them last three laps, I'd don't even get a shot at it so everything just played out exactly how i needed it to 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 keep the door open and then um when we came off of four um you know i didn't want to crash him you know because i i i thought if i could get in front of him and close the top off off of four then then i thought i had a good shot of uh holding on because he he crowded me into three so he couldn't build his speed up like I did the lap before right. to get back to his back bumper. Um, so I really think if he goes in the last corner and just rails the top, no matter what I do, he probably wins because mm. he comes off a four with momentum, and I'm going to slide across. 
And, I mean, it probably was that. And he probably beats me back by, you know, three, four car lengths. So I don't want to put words in his mouth, but, I mean, that's just what I thought would happen and experience of watching what happens in heat races and yeah. B features and, you know, races that don't mean nothing, you can still watch and learn. Yeah. So. When we came off of four, I really wanted to pinch the top off, but he, he hung right there. He stayed right on my right rear, and when we came off the corner, I wanted to crowd him and make him think about how, how hard he wanted to stick that in there. And, uh, <laughs> you know, he's he's an aggressive racer, and he's got a fast car, so he didn't bat an eye about it and didn't even hesitate. And there's a video looking straight down the front straightaway, and it actually looks like he maybe got sideways and got in the wall off of four. And... I tried to slow it down and go frame by frame. I'm doing this on my cell phone, so this is not real <laughs> high tech. But it looks like he got sideways off a of four and tapped the wall and then got into our right rear. And in that moment, I was ahead. And when I think when he got in my right rear, it slowed me down. He got back in front of me because you can see his car go from pointed towards the infield to pointed straight, and then my car is pointed towards the infield. Then I slide to the next frame, and we've got to be – dang near coming across the finish line at that point and we're both pointed towards each other so <laughs> i'm not telling anybody anything that i didn't already tell john i told him you know i said you're going back by me and from i wasn't even looking at the flag stand i was looking at him the whole time and i thought his right front or his left front was about half a tire width in front of mine about 150 feet before the checkered and in that moment i decided i was going to squeeze him harder and so we did, and we went through the line. And what you got to remember, though, is the timing loop is not at the flag stand. Right. No, it's actually past, past it. it. And a lot of people don't know that, and or maybe don't pay attention. I don't know. But so when we went by the checkered, you know, we're we're still banging each other, and and uh, we go through the timing loop, and then I could feel run over his left front so i really don't think we tore his stuff up until after the checkered which doesn't make it any better <laughs> but so, and, and, and if those yeah, guys but, won the race and still had their stuff tore up i mean they wouldn't have cared no no so no. so it, it it wasn't hard contact between the two of you so did it do much damage to your car at all uh i, mean, I, so, I had so, a mud cover that was tore up and a little kid got that, and me and John both signed it. So <laughs> I hope they put that day. on the wall someday. Because yeah, that three thousand yeah. that you won could have easily been spent if you would have got upside down well, on wings and everything else. I, I went down there later on that night. You know, I tried to. There was a whole. Me- I did like an hour and a half of pictures on the front stretch, and then we went up and did the podcast, <laughs> and that was another hour and a half, and went back to the trailer, and there was a scrum of people around there, so. About four hours after the race, I finally was able to change out of my suit and stuff, and I grabbed three beers, and I walked down to their trailer, and, you know, I I told them, I said, you know, I'm sorry that that way that happened, but I'm not sorry. And, you know, I you know I, I didn't want to crash him. Yeah. I told him it was very important. I thought that we both finished because, you know, I thought those were the two fastest cars, and one of us needed to win that deal. Yeah. And if I crash him off of – off of four then there's another restart and who knows what somebody's going to do to me right and you know and i told him i was fully willing to flip across the finish line as long as he was pushing me <laughs> so that was just the and you make those split second decisions and you never know when you're going to be that close again so yeah i did everything i thought i could do and get away with and you know i think he did everything he 
he thought he could do to win. So well, being from a guy that's never sat in a race car, that it was just a great race, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah. no, every driver would have done the same thing in your position and his position. So uh, it's just good hard racing. And it, I mean, I don't want to rub in their face or nothing like that because I mean that's a tough way to lose a race. So yeah. I don't want to be insensitive to that, but I mean. I guess I, I'm sure they're upset. They're not going to jump up, jump up and down and for joy and think they'd <laughs> yeah. be happy for me, you know? Because and they wanted to win bad too. Yeah. It could have been a lot worse. You could have the uh, Victor Lane interview like uh, Damian Gardner did at uh, California this weekend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty entertaining. Yeah, it was. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> so uh, has it sunk in? Sunk in any yet? You know that title, IMCA Race Saver National Champion. Um, not. I don't know. Not really. I don't think. I mean. I don't know that I'll sink in until you get to go back next year and see your car and the on year on the banner. Or, or yeah. I don't know that they do something up in the grandstands or something. I don't know. I don't, I don't remember. But yeah. somebody tried telling me something about a trophy or something there's by a, the concession Yeah, stand. there's a big trophy there by the yeah, Eagle's Nest. Been. But I don't know if it's been updated. Um, last name I seen on it was Jack Dover. So oh, it's okay. Been a few, yeah, it's been a few years. There's been a few yeah. winners since then. Um but you know you got that big ass banner that goes on turn one, and you're you're going to be the first car on there now. Well, and you know uh, all that'll be cool. Like, I mean, we didn't go to bed till like five a.m. on Monday, <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then uh, so you won the trailer races then too. Oh, uh, yeah, we, I left my truck and trailer yeah. there and went home and just came back and got it. Doesn't it matter how day. you win it. <laughs> so, That's right. Yeah, no, and then I mean I got up at. Went to bed at like five thirty, and I got up at ten thirty. Went back, got the truck and trailer, and unloaded it, washed everything, and I had oil to change in another truck. So I mean, life hasn't stopped, and we went trucking the last two days. So I mean, still have the day job. So yeah, like yeah, yeah won the big race. Moving on. Something exciting happened this year besides you know uh, the race saver nationals. You jumped into four ten. You ran weekly at Houston's until a little motor issue at I eighty with the Allah show. Yeah, it's the only way I could get Brad to talk to me since he's not a 305 guy. <laughs> oh, but, now we're talking four chance. All yeah, right. But, I, but I'm going to throw something at you, Brad, because right. uh, you mentioned that, you know, your mile an hour speed at Houston's in 410 is about the same as a 305 at Eagle. It is. Uh, if you look at the average speed of the lap times, um, it is about the same. But um, the 410 is the craziest, wildest thing you could ever do. Um, Obviously, we didn't know what we were doing at the start of the year. We still don't know what we're doing. Um, but, I mean, anytime you want to pull the front wheels off the ground, you just give her the onion and she'll do it. So, <laughs> You've had some good runs at Houston so this year. Yeah, you have. So last year I went to, I went to a race in Missouri, and uh, I, I got frustrated with the way it was ran, everything. And I was like, what am I doing? I'm down here until 2 a.m., and I, I not having fun, and it's unorganized, whatever. So I got mad, and I bought a 410 and said, we're going to go run that deal. <laughs> and I, I tried to get the best one I could, and it's it's an older guy. I mean, it's like a 2013 motor, and I'm down probably 100 horse from the good ones. But when I when we do our job and we get it qualified right, we'll be about three or four tenths off a of fast time. And some nights I can sneak into the back half of the invert. And once we get through the qualifying part, if we get on the front row of the feature, like, it's game on. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so we I got on the front row of the feature earlier in the year. And 
I don't remember. I think it was maybe Henderson started beside me, and he left me, and then I tried to pull a move into one to get him back, and it didn't work. So that was the first, and then Dusty Zomer got me. So that was the first experience that you cannot, you cannot pull those. So it's just like three or five. You can't pull a big move and not make and not, it not work because you'll give up a spot. So it, it's risk versus reward. So racing with those guys is, you know, that was valuable experience. That was back in May, and then um, I don't know if it was June or July when we had the back to back weeks where we ran in the top five and. That first night we qualified for the invert, and I walked up there and I drew the one, and I was like, "Oh man, <laughs> I don't know if we're ready for this." <laughs> and I was nervous, you know, I was all worked up, and I was walking around the infield, and I'm looking at the racetrack, you know, I'm scared more than it, more than I was looking yeah. at the racetrack, you know, I didn't want to do anything dumb because, you know, yeah. those guys are great race car drivers, and and I, everybody talks to me at Eagle, you know, we're pretty well established there but when i go to houston nobody says a word to me and them 410 guys they don't say nothing they won't tell you what stagger they won't tell you how many cuts to make in the tire they don't tell you nothing yeah that jack dover can be an asshole sometimes <laughs> yeah, he's, he's officially a 410 guy now <laughs> so it, i wanted to i didn't want to do anything dumb and, and you know ruin somebody else's night and, and earn respect by driving well and, and running a good race and i was walking around the infield looking at the racetrack and i you know scared and uh one of the officials that i seen up there when we go race 305 stuff at jackson and i-90 and he said he he just said something to me he just said uh well this is what you wanted wasn't it uh, i thought you know you're right yeah. what the hell did i drive up all the way up here for <laughs> if i wasn't coming up here to try and win this deal sure. so and I can't even remember what the guy's name was. I wish I knew. But it, it flipped. Flipped my mindset that night. And I thought, you know, we're just going to go and see how see how long we can lead this thing. And we led like six laps yeah. that first week. And then come back the next week and drew the two that time. So I thought the same thing. And the next week my mindset was I'm going to drive as hard as I can. It's not going to be pretty. It's not going to be smooth. Try not to run the thing in the fence and see how far you can lead it. And I think we led it to 12 or 13 laps that time. Well, wasn't that one night where I think two guys got past you and then they took each other out and then you inherited the lead back again or something like that? Yeah, that was. Uh, I, I, I watch it on Dirt I, I've been watching Sundays on Dirt Vision. So, and I. Because I was watching it, son and I were like, "Look at that, you know." And then I, yeah, well, they're going, yeah. But Tyler's doing a good job. And the two took each. I think it was I forgot. It's Linton and Dobmeyer. Yeah, Linton. I can't remember how that worked. Dobmeyer is coming off the top. Yeah, I think it just Linton looked like was a the bottom. Deal. They just, just both went to the wrong place, the wrong time. Yeah, they got together down the back stretch, yeah. and it turned Linton into the wall, and Dobmeyer got caught up in it. So, yeah, and inherited the lead, and led Linton. a few more. Yeah. <laughs> So with with Eagle being a short track and and uh, Houston's being a short track, even though the banking is pretty different, is there anything you can take from your experience at Eagle to Houston's and benefit be a benefit to you, or are they so there's there's small tracks and that's about all the similarities there are? No, they 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 actually race somewhat similar. Um, Houston's the opening into three. The, the entry into three is kind of wide, and then it funnels down to get really narrow off of four um it's kind of tight into one and then it opens up on the exit of two so it, it's kind of weird how it's how the walls and and, and yeah. just the width of the track so eagles a little bit of the same except bigger 
Um, it's not near as drastic, so there's always room. But right. Eagle opens up really wide off a of two for the on ramp, and your entry into three is really wide. And then it kind of, the, you know, the wall is dead straight down the front straightaway. So it kind of, you kind of pinch the car off a of four, similar to how you do at Husets, only it's exaggerated at mm-hmm. Husets. So somewhat race the same, but uh, I mean, it's a lot tighter. What about uses. setup on your car? Is there anything similar there? Well, when I when I went there last year with the 305 at the end of the year, um, I ran the same stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if I changed the gear. <laughs> so, Houston, I probably put a deeper gear in for Houston's, but um, yeah, the car setup's pretty much the same. And obviously, for, we get Raj to run four tens at eagle you know we might have something it'd be nice there's a lot of people who'd love to see that again (laughs) well i mean i wasn't super on board or you know i wasn't definitely wasn't against it but now i'm a cheerleader for it (laughs) you know the one thing i've uh always you know i've we had it when we had uh you know we were way back in the day we ran 360s and 410s and and one of the things that i always asked the driver was does a driving that 410 make you a better 360 or 305 driver because you're kind of don Drow just junior described once said things move slower than when you're in a three and you and you're used to carrying the car in harder so you you could take that other you know you could take it in deeper because you know you know it'll stick you've been there faster so you can drive faster does it do you think it makes you a, a faster 305 driver i mean it'd be hard for me to say no based on results mm-hmm. i mean but he is the, the 305. Yeah, that's, that's the thing, yeah. The, well, and that, that's where I may be leading you. Yeah. Does that help you? Well, so like it's the Houston's the the top speed's not there. So okay. at that place. So like I think it benefits some guys to go to like Belleville where you're humming around there at 130 and then you go back to Eagle and you're like 90, 95. Yeah. I mean, you get that sensation of speed and – Go run against the fence at Belleville, and then <laughs> tell me that Eagle's not easier after to run against the fence there. Um, so, if you go to some places that are faster, you go run the 360 at I-80 like we have this year. Like, yeah, you're humming around that joint, mm-hmm. and then go back to Eagle. It's definitely slower. Um, I actually think the 360s and the 305s are closer together, and the 410 is out there. It's way beyond that. Yeah. Um, and that may be just because I only went to I eighty this year. I'm fully willing to admit that, but it it, it doesn't hurt. I mean, it's going to yeah. slow everything down for you. I, any three hundred five guys wanting to take their game to the next level as far as a driver and go get a used three sixty and go run some races. You know, mm-hmm. even if you don't run up front, you're get, you're gaining valuable experience to help you in the three hundred five and. After knowing what I know now, if I'm you, I go buy a Dash 12 410 and go to Houston's. I mean, it costs the same as a 305 motor, a top-of-the-line 305 motor. You can go buy a Dash 12 410 and go get experience with 800, 815 horse instead of, you know, the top 360s, I think, are around 750. Yeah. So... And then you get more start money if you go up there and there's only 20 cars. That was the secret, yeah. Just try and, I mean can't emphasize enough try and be smart about where you're spending your money and what you're doing now it's still twelve thousand dollars yeah so uh, i don't have twelve thousand laying underneath my pillow so i mean i wouldn't expect anybody else to what's this dash 12 410 i've never heard of it so dash 12 410s were ran that's pretty much what the heads were 
in uh, like the early 2000s. Okay. Like an early 2000s, late 90s motor, 410 was like 800 horse. Yeah. Well, our 360s are getting closer and closer to that right. point all the time. So we want to talk about 305s. 305s are running as hard right now as the 360s were when they started. You know, what did everybody say about the 360s when they started? Mm-hmm. Well, they're not real sprint cars. <laughs> I've heard that before on the show. I, I mean, I've read, I, I mean, I, I got a Bob Trossel book that I got, I had Bob sign before he passed away. I bought it from him over at Knoxville, and he talks about in there, in his book, where his, uh, was it his nephew or his grandson raced 360s over at Knoxville? Oh. And then they also ran Des Moines. If you told me the name, I'd know it immediately. But yeah, but I, he, I, I but he, he got hurt real bad. I think he might have passed away over at Knoxville. Danny was it? Danny? No, no. Gosh, it's before my time. It's it's in his book. Nah, but I, I know. So it, it makes me about. upset because I I know I, I can't. The name's on the tip of my tongue. But so I rem- I distinctly remember him talking about in that book where they made this grand discovery that if they ran three inch nozzles they gained like 50 horse in their 360 and they won like 20 some races well they were running 550 horse the really good 305s are getting close to that today and that was in 1980 yeah so we're i mean time goes on technology doesn't stop i mean we're not the cars are still going the same speeds well you know i I used to keep track of like track records and stuff all the time, and, and 305s now are running faster than the Outlaws were in the 80s. You know, pretty crazy to pretty think crazy about. Crazy to think about, you know, because they were running low 12s and 305s were hitting low 12s. And that was the heyday of sprint car racing. Yeah, you know, that's when you had Steve and Sam, and, and you at, and you look at that and go, oh, look at how, how great they And like, yeah, You're, these guys are going around the track faster. And I watched like, uh, you've probably I've seen on the Facebook groups. Uh, there's this one guy who's been posting like all these um, results from Eagle back in the '60s, and you got like Beckman and you know all these big names, and their time trials 20 seconds around Eagle. I'm like, guys, compacts go faster, uh, and that's I, not to disparage what they are. That's just what well, it was. You, your cars got faster, yeah. and your your eye got trained differently. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's probably the biggest thing. The tires are a lot different. The mm-hmm. wings are a lot different. <laughs> the cars, the wings screw the cars into the ground super hard Mm -hmm. and then um the tires tires are way better they used to run them well diamond yeah diamond fire stones you you run that thing for a whole year you were at midwest you run that thing whole year. how wide were those were they like 14 inches yeah yeah so we're running 15 inch left rears What, what, what would we have if we just take eight inch fronts put them on the left rear put six inch fronts on the front end and you know throw a 15 inch right rear on there i mean i i I talked to Roger one time. I lobbied for 15-inch right rear tires. I told him, his, his race saver tires are too wide. You know, you want to unhook these cars. Yeah. You know, he, he, I'm a, this is going to hurt myself, but he needs <laughs> to change the wing rules too because they're, they're just screwing the cars into the track. And like I said, it's fine. Once the track gets slick, it doesn't matter. You know, all that stuff starts coming into play. But when it's heavy, I mean – there's not nothing you're gonna do. You can't free them up enough. I always worry about with race, and, and I guess maybe it's sometimes cyclical because you'll watch like the 360s, and they, you know at the time they were the economy class, and then they started just you know letting stuff go, letting stuff go, letting stuff go, and then you know keep building, building. And I, I always, I'm so old school. I always thought that putting the big wings was the worst thing you did because they they locked that car down. They made the horsepower stick. 
and and you could put more horsepower. You know, before it was like with sixteen inch wing, it's like you could run all this horsepower. But I remember, you know, we would we would detune the mowers because we were spinning tires, couldn't couldn't put it down. And I always wonder worry about like the race saver getting to that. You know, what what I do like about it is it seems like the rules can change. There's this is where I kind of like a dictator is because he can say, you know what, no, this is what we're going to change the rule to, and it's just the way it's going to be. And, and that's Whereas what I, I thought the ACS failed in that by letting the stuff go, and they they had it up until yeah. I mean, when I started, we had probably one of the baddest motors in the country that we bought from Natalie Sather, and it was twenty five thousand dollars, and that was probably the baddest engine or one of them from yeah. from Ron Shaver mm-hmm. as far as a three sixty goes. And you know, I was seventeen and didn't know what to do, so. Um, <laughs> I mean, it took us three years to figure it out, and then we won a few races at Eagle, but then shortly after that, the Ford thing came in in mm-hmm. the 360s, and then, I mean, that changed everything, and then all of a sudden, you hear about guys, you know, doing stuff. Tons and, of stories. Yeah. And, yeah, it's all stories. I mean, I have no proof, so I'm not even going to get into it, but you could tell that we fell behind. We went from the one of the baddest engines when I started to we fell behind and we went from a winning in twenty twelve I think is when we won our first three sixty race and then we won the touring championship the next year yeah. when when Eagle switched and and I fell behind quick I was back to a fifth tenth place car and we were running top five every every single night so maybe we dropped the ball on other things as well you know and not. Nobody's perfect, so I'm not going to blame it all on the engine, but just things change, and like I said, they don't stop. Yeah. Do you have a 360 motor in your in your uh, arsenal, or is it just 305 well, and 410? So, I'm not, I mean, I'm not hiding this or anything, so it's not no secret, but I actually owned one 305, I owned a 360 and a 410. I sold my 305, and I sold my 360. And so all I have is my broke 410, <laughs> and I ordered a new one. And the plan is to go to Knoxville next year. Okay. And so I want to try and go over there and run weekly. Um, I was really hoping to make it through the year on the 410 I had and maybe sell it as is and get another one. But it obviously I talked about it, and then like four days later it broke. Nice. So that was really bad timing. So I'll get it fixed, and we'll probably just have to keep it and or I mean, I'll put it up for sale for what I think I need to have out of it. But um, and it'll be fresh and it'll be fixed right. So if anybody wants to buy it, so your three hundred five <laughs> that you just won in is now sold and somebody else owns it. Nope. So Matt Zaws owns that oh, three hundred five. Okay. Okay. okay, that's our deal. We worked out that started back when the three sixties. You know, we got we we're only running twenty races and yeah. we would run one week and sit for three weeks. So that's how that started. Is he bought a three hundred five? And we filled our off nights with it. And then, like I said, I fell behind on the 360 motors, and and it was either spend a lot more money or I sold one, and I actually got the other one up to snuff. And um, I tried to run the full Nebraska 360 deal a few years ago, and we crashed a car and yeah. at, up at Norfolk, and I didn't make it through the whole season i said i i got this i'm gonna set it aside we're gonna run the 360 deal as long as i can and yeah we it, it got bent and i only had two cars at the time so i sent it off to get fixed so i was down to one car you go run the 305 then um covid 
deal screwed up the 360 race in the next year. So then this year was the last year that I ran the 360, and I just just sold the 360 here this fall, and so we're going we're going down the 410 path, and we're going to see how far we can go with it. Well, you mentioned uh, the cost of the motors, and Myers uh, Racing Engines debuted with the Black Widow out there at Eagle. I saw a bunch of posts and. I texted a couple of people just to sort of try to get a price on that, and it was going for twenty eight five for a three hundred five motor. Paint costs a lot of money. <laughs> is, is that all it is, or I mean, is there something I'm, they're doing these motors that make I, it? I'm yeah, not going to say anything about Myers because I don't know anything about their engine but, program. I mean, the, the, the race saver three hundred five class was supposed to be that economy sprint car class, and right now you, you mentioned you spent twenty five grand for your three sixty motor, which was a badass motor. Now you're spending almost thirty k for a three hundred five. Well. Are we, I mean, you don't have get, to. No, you don't okay, have yeah, to. That's so, where I was going to go to. Is it really necessary to do that? Because I've, I've heard, you know, yeah, you got to do this. Or I said, no. Um, so go tell, <laughs> go tell the engineer how much his degree was worth and what his knowledge is worth. So when you go to an engine builder and he tells you it's going to cost 25000 the parts may only cost six thousand. Yeah. That's like but that's his in the knowledge. I mean, it only cost us, you know, a dollar or two to print, but the time and skill to learn how to do what we do. Yeah. So, I yeah. mean, I don't know everything about what everything costs. I mean, I'm not gonna pretend that I know anything because I'm not an engine guy. So, I trust Zach Woods and Speedway Motors to take care of me and, and treat me fair. And through our relationship, I think he does. And you know. And, paid off this year so mm-hmm. um i don't know a lot about the myers engine stuff i mean it's it, it sure looks pretty when it sits there but does it run any better than the twelve thousand dollar engine i don't know i mean they, if you had some knowledge and you could buy all the pieces yourself you i'm sure you could put it put it together way cheaper but you know they're selling engines to make money they're not selling right. engines at cost no, yeah yeah so that who you choose to work with, I mean, you would like to just think that they're going to treat you fair and they're not trying to just, you know, stab you in the back and get rich. That was my next question was, could I, if I was going to start a racing team today, could I go buy a fifteen, eighteen thousand dollar 305 and be just as competitive as, as these twenty three or $4,000 motors? Can I go out to Eagle and expect to win a race? Absolutely. I mean, you could go out to Eagle with a, the very first engine I got from was from Roger. It has all brand new, uh, brand new Engler on it. Ten thousand dollars. I won a race at Eagle and I won a race at I eighty. Mm-hmm. That would be what you would consider a big racetrack right. where you would need a lot of horsepower. Right. You know, that was the first engine I had that we ran that very first year. After that, you know, like I said, you're paying for the expertise. We took it to Zach at Speedway. Um, he made it better, and it was mostly on the acceleration part of it um, that first year, and he made it better, and it takes off. Like, I, I mean, <laughs> I don't think it's a secret. Like, we have a really good 305 motor. Yeah. I mean, anybody that pays attention at Eagle knows that, but I know a couple other motors, and I know what they dyno, and they beat me more times than, <laughs> more times than uh, you know, more than a few. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's one guy out there that wins all the time, and I I know that on the dyno we should beat him, but there's more to it. If you yeah, can't get yeah. it, it's still a sprint car, right. and if you still can't get it to the ground, it don't matter. 
always yeah. heard it's it, the most important part is the two feet behind the motor plate. You know, it's um, spend all your money on bolt-on parts. You know, shocks, wings, yeah. bars. That's the important stuff, yeah. and know how to use them. Um, they take away a few tools in the three hundred five. You can't. You don't. You don't get no wing slider. Um, they kind of they limit. They have slight limitation on the shocks, but. Um, Worry about that stuff. I mean, that stuff will get you farther than spending all your money at the at the motor shop, which it's probably a knock on Zach, but uh, <laughs> don't be afraid to spend money with him either. <laughs> no, I was well, just curious if we're pricing ourselves business. out from that economy class, just trying to keep up with the Joneses. I mean, someone rolls in with a $30,000 motor and like, oh, well, I need to go get that if I want to well, be competitive. But so I, I believe it's Trevor, ed- when he won his 360 championship, he had ten grand in his 360 motor. So, yeah, I mean, it's and see, he, you know, everybody's got their own experience, their own story. You know, I, I didn't know that about Trevor. I, I believe it was, I believe it was when he won that three sixty championship. I know there was a time where he only had ten, eleven thousand. So that would have been back around motor. the time that I had the baddest engine yeah. in the country with twenty five thousand. Yeah. So and look how that worked. I didn't beat him. So <laughs> so what's changed? Nothing's changed. It's just a different class, and we slowed him down a little bit. I mean. Okay, so another benefit of slowing them down, you know, everybody talks about this dirty air thing, right? Uh, if you get to watch that race, I follow John Carney into the corner. I do that in any other class. I get tight, and it's don't even sniff a run down the back straight. I don't even make it through the corner, let alone, you know, get beside him. So you slow the cars down, you take away a lot of arrow. So if we can slow them down, put harder tires on them, make them harder to drive, I mean, we see all these comments on Facebook, like we need to, and this goes with the outlaws with USAC that we need to slow these cars down. Then we do, then we, for a while. then we do with the three hundred five, and you guys, not to knock on Brad, but you guys, well, that's not sprint car racing. Well, I don't call can, it sprint we, car we, racing. I just say not my, not my preferred. Well, yeah, type. I mean, it's just I you think get <laughs> these guys are like, well, I'm, I'm not going to go watch a three hundred five yeah. race because well, it's too slow. Yeah, you have all these guys arguing, well, we need to slow these cars down, and that's exactly what we did. Can't, can we slow them down by putting harder tires on them? Put and not even just harder, narrower. Yeah. Make them harder to drive. I mean, you're never going to take the cost out of racing. I mean, yeah, the, sure. it as long as I've and I maybe matured a little bit, but as long as I've been involved in racing, it's always taken all your time and all your money. It doesn't matter yeah. if you have a thousand dollars or you have a million dollars. It takes all of it. Yeah. And, yeah. Um. My suggestion to anybody starting a team, it, it's don't think you're going to start up and just go out and win right away. Like, that, that's a take the, I know you're into track, take the guy that trained for a month yeah. and then take the guy that says, Oh, I ran a mile yesterday. I'm going to go beat you in the 800. Yeah. yeah, good luck. So, that's exactly it, right. It is, a, it is a lifelong thing and it takes year after year after year of building experience and having having failure and then eventually someday hopefully you can crest the top of the mountain so how many years have you been a sprint car driver uh i started in 2010 when i was 17 and that was in the big cars you ran micros for yeah i ran micros back to my first year in micros was 2005 we ran junior sprints for two years moved to restrictor one year moved to the stock class one year then the open class and then that's why I met. Then, I met you when you were running micros out there at Waverly. And we actually talked about going straight from junior sprints because I, I, was, I was right 
the way my birthday fell, I can ran I could have ran junior sprints when I was thirteen and the age was twelve, but my birthday was in the middle of summer. Mm-hmm. So I was able to run it that year. And we actually talked about building a three oh five and going to I eighty back then when oh, I was yeah. fourteen. And just you know, skipping all the mini sprint stuff. But I mean <laughs> I see like Trey Gropp show up in a sprint car and I'm I'm thinking like, man, but he wheels the <laughs> heck out of that thing. So just see him in a midget. That well, I, I try to watch as much as I can, and no, they do a great job. But so yeah, I, you know, fourteen is like I I I remember I told my dad a couple of years ago. I'm like, what were you thinking buying a three sixty <laughs> sprint car for me at seventeen? But I thank God they did it. Now you got fourteen year olds tearing up sprint car racing in wherever state they can actually get on the track. Yeah, that, yeah. Uh, that Ryan Tim's kid. I yeah, mean, he's. Yeah. Kicking everybody's ass right now. He wheels the heck out of the thing, that's for sure. We'll see if he's at I eighty this weekend. So what uh what did, how are you gonna finish up your year? What's your plans for the rest of the season? Um I'm kinda kid. On, yeah, I'm on baby watch right now. <laughs> uh, so um Yeah our due date's September twenty ninth, so I okay. try not to go too far away. Go straight very far from home. Maybe Columbus here not this Friday, but next Friday, maybe. Um, that would be about the farthest I think I'd want to leave. I mean, I I, rem- I remember when they told us a due date because I was I had it I still had my 360. This is at the beginning of the summer. I was like, well, you know, Little Rock is that we <laughs> we can have a kid in Arkansas, right? And they, the nurses and the doctor, they didn't think that was a good idea. So it doesn't the, matter what they think; it's what your wife thinks. <laughs> I don't think she wants to go to Arkansas. <laughs> she, she barely wants to go much farther than Eagle or I eighty. So uh, yeah, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know about having a kid in Arkansas. I mean, I don't know if they have those learning doctors down there. So yeah, I told her about the Knoxville thing, and she was just excited that I was only going to race one night a week next year. So um, yeah, we're Columbus, and that'll probably be about it. Yeah. So next year, weekly in Knoxville. In the 410. In the 410. But are you keeping the 305 just in case you want to have fun on an off weekend or a Friday night or something like that? Well, I mean, until this weekend, I still wanted to win the Eagle thing yeah. pretty bad. You know, it's close to home. Been there. Absolutely. My dad raced the Friday Night Flyers. We used mm-hmm. to <laughs> we used to watch the Friday Night Flyers and Kyle Burke and yeah. Ed Kosiski and the late models on yeah. Friday nights. You know, I had to leave T-ball practice early because <laughs> I didn't think much of baseball. But, um and then on Saturdays we'd wash the wash the stock car and wash the truck and then we'd go back and wash the sprint cars. So um I still want to win the Belleville race and that's over that that shouldn't conflict cuz it's usually during 360 the 360 nationals, 360 nationals. And yeah. I don't have a 360 motor. So um I still want to win that one pretty bad. Check that one off the bucket list. They still have like the I seventy deal. If I wasn't on yeah. Baby Watch, I'd really want to go run that three hundred five race. Um, that fifteen thousand to win in Texas, I really wanted to go to that. But uh, it's a long drive for one night, yeah. and the Outlaws were at Houston, so I went to that. Yeah. Um, so there's there's some big three hundred five races that. So I'm, I think we'll keep it around. And the schedule plays out, right? You should be able to defend your title because I don't think Knoxville will be running Labor Day week, and I think they normally end the week before. Yeah, yeah. Yep, right. yep. And so so I know that uh, in the past uh, the rules stated that you had to run a certain amount of 305 races to qualify, and then we see guys like Mike Boston show up. Hasn't ran all year long. Shaley sat out. Obviously, she had 
was pregnant and couldn't race. She shows up and runs it. Did they change that rule or? I think that was just for the COVID thing. Okay. I'm I'm a, I'm gonna anticipate that goes back into effect. Next so year. so there's no there's you're not anticipating that you're gonna have to run a certain amount of. 305 race saver races to qualify to no i would assume that we would need to um we went to devil's bowl this spring and had a lot of fun down there and i'd like to go back that's a pretty technical racetrack and man i I, you know you hear everybody crazy how that that elevation change yeah and it man that was that was a frustrating weekend even though i mean we had decent results we were in the top five all weekend but Man, I'd fix one corner and I'd mess up the other corner, and then I <laughs> then I try and fix that corner and I'd mess up the one that I just fixed. And I'm like, I just I just swung the pendulum all weekend back and forth. So I'd like to go back and try and figure that deal out. Um, Maybe John can give you some tips on how to set up. <laughs> I gave him a beer, so I hope, I hope he lightened up. But I mean, was it a blue yummy? It was. It was. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't usually ask for too much advice because try and get me close on gear, and after that we'll figure it out on our own, yeah. hopefully, because everybody does something different anyway, right. so it doesn't yeah. doesn't really matter. But, no, I'd like to go do the bigger 305 races, and if I need to fill my quota or whatnot, I mean, we can always sneak off to Denison, or maybe if we go to Jackson or run the 410, yeah. we could bring, bring both of them just to, yeah, yeah. just to get our races in so that we can run the Eagle thing. You got to... So it's just going to be Knoxville, no, no double dipping and going to Houston on Sunday nights, or probably not. I mean, I have this in my head. I have this like three to five year idea to build up our arsenal of four ten engines, and I mean, as long as I've been racing, like you got to have a good motor. Yeah. Like you can't cut corners there; or you're just wasting your time. It costs it costs money to run a half. You know, not quite as good motor. It still costs a lot of money. Yeah. So you might as well go all in. And if you can't afford to do go all in, my advice is you know do something that you can do it. Go all in with. So it's going to take me a few years to get to that point where I feel like I have good enough motors to compete night in and night out. Um, so eventually, I would like to be able to do all the Midwest four ten races. You know, Houston's Jackson, Knoxville area outlaw shows um but that's going to be an evolution so next year mainly just knoxville good thing you know somebody with a semi that's a lot of road miles just keep on driving (laughs) keep on trucking Uh, so what are the goals next year uh for the 410 just you know make make the shows every every week or um top tens make all the laps i mean you can't learn if you're parked in the infield so Make all the laps. Um, try and learn. I mean, this is a pretty steep learning curve at Houston's this year. So, I'm um, thankfully, you know, Dustin Gertis trucks for me, and he does anything I ask him to do. Helps do maintenance. Helps everything. Matt Zaws works harder than anybody else at this sprint car thing. He's always reading on the reading whatever you can find on the internet. Um, you know, my dad has provided me the opportunity and the ability to pay for this stuff because it's not cheap and my wife is very she doesn't tell me no maybe she should more but um i think she's excited that i'm maybe gonna only do one night a week next year for the most part you know we might run it's a vacation when we go race three nights but um so you know but we'll i'm gonna be learning this baby thing so 
just like we learned the 410. So we'll figure it out as we go. And then my brother going to school to be a mechanical engineer, he helped out a lot this year with vehicle dynamics. And yeah, you're, you're your little brother, man. He's, he's too he's smart, smart for his yeah. own good. <laughs> like, man, I'm kind of jealous, to be honest. But, <laughs> like, I, I'm not very smart. He is. And I... If I could just get him to wake up the same time I do, I mean, we might have something. But um, no, like I am, you know, you read about all these NASCAR teams and they have all these engineers. Yeah. Well, there's not very many sprint car teams around here that have an engineer on their side. And I'm, I mean, I'm really proud of him. Hope, I hope he graduates this fall. <laughs> um, so, I, I mean, I'm really proud of him and he's really helped me a lot. And I mean, he called on, uh, it's probably Tuesday before he called me, but he called on Tuesday and he said, you know, tradition, what could we have done better after Sunday night? You know, where, where would, where did we miss it? So, and we talked about that a little bit and I think we could have made it better, but all that aside, I had an engineer on my side and most sprint car teams don't. So we're so. going to see uh, OBD, OBD two ports on your, on your sprint car and, uh, Laptops hooked up to it next year? <laughs> nah, I don't. I don't think they'll let us do it. But well, I mean, just simple stuff like just. I mean, just the way the way things work. He, you know, he does some control classes, so I can get the Reader's Digest version of what he's learning. And you know, he'll get to talking so fast, and I gotta be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. hold on, <laughs> dumb it down, for slow me that bit. down, trucker terms. What's going on? And. uh and I know I'm not the only one. Me and Matt talked about that one day. Like, you got to slow things down. Like, I'm not – he thinks that you just pick things up as fast as he does. But um, We're not all that smart. No. So that gives me confidence that, like we did at Houston's this year, that we will just show up. You know, I expect what I said. I don't usually ask for too much advice. We'll just show up. We'll put something basic on there, and then we'll figure it out from there. And, and I – feel like you learn you learn more that way you know if somebody tells you what to do you don't really know why and you yeah. don't really know all their background and how they got to that point so just focus and and i you know it probably took me five or six years to learn to quit asking other race teams you know hey what <laughs> bar you got here and blah 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 just just worry about your deal and yeah. listen to your car it'll tell you what it wants just you just gotta listen to it so with that news coming out that you're gonna leave Eagle to uh, pursue that 410 in Knoxville, uh, it was announced that Adams retiring again. He announced that on our show last year. Uh, so we'll see if that happens again. Ryan King's gone. Uh, we're losing cars at Eagle. Is there anybody you think that uh, is going to step up and make the transition from one of the support classes to uh, 305, or is there any guy out there that you think is ready and would be awesome in a sprint car? Um. I tell Cade Richards' mom every week that they need to go sprint yeah. car racing. Yeah. I mean, that's one that comes to mind. And, I mean, his dad's got experience. I mean, Cole Wayman's another guy I would love to see in a sprint car. Uh, yeah. Um, and his dad used to race. Didn't yeah. he race yeah. a yeah. short time? Yeah. So, um, there's, I mean, I, I really think sometimes people get intimidated by the sprint cars and, you know, what can happen with them and whatnot. And, and it's probably more just the unknown. They don't know what to do with them you know it i'm sure you called i'm sure you called the jet and buy a modified and he'll get you pretty close basic setup wise so um i mean if i can help anybody get into a sprint car to where you know they can get on on board and on 
on par. Like Swear I'm, it. you're not gonna. I'm, I can't help you win the thing, but yeah, I can help get you to where you're. You're at a good starting point. You're, you know, you you're not. The car's not gonna do something goofy and get you hurt. But um, I think that's probably the biggest obstacle for people to go sprint car racing is they're just somewhat intimidating and I can just think of myself going 410 racing that was a pipe dream until I just got mad and decided I was going to do it <laughs> I know I know there's a lot of people out there that you know we mentioned the cost of it and whatnot but you guys look at guys like Troy Sanford and Gunnar Pike they were you know Gunnar's running his B mod and Troy's running a B mod and they're thinking about jumping up the A mod and they just kind of look at the cost and well I can run a sprint car for the same amount of money and they both done a great job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're they're they need not a doing a luck right now. But well, luck and and man, they're not doing anything different. Than anybody else didn't no. do. I mean, the worst part about the sprint car deal, you know, you mess up in a modified, you bounce up and you maybe knock a front wheel off or upper a arm or you know yeah. something, and you just yeah take the sheet metal off, bang it back out, and go again. You mess up in a sprint car learning. You know, it's usually a thousand dollars worth of wings, and you know, I I remember uh, Chad Humpson's mom used to say the first roll's a thousand, the second roll's a th- two thousand, the third roll's three thousand. If you get to the fourth or fifth, you just buy a new car. <laughs> and, all right, uh, oh, yeah. she's not that far off. Yeah. yeah. And you mentioned the jet. I, you know, and this I, I this will never happen. I I don't think. But seeing Jackson sat off in a sprint car, I think good. Watching him wheel that A mod around Eagle. In a sprint car, I think he'd be really fun to watch. I mean, race car drivers are race car drivers. I mean, the best ones will figure it out. Um, That's really all it is. It takes when you meet experience and talent and knowledge, when it all comes together, that's when good things happen. So all them guys would figure it out. Yeah, so uh, I know we've been talking 305s and 410. Well, 305s for the most part of the show, a little 410 action, but – uh, Brad, our news guy over here, do you have any news you want to run down? Or I mean, we're we're an hour into this well, thing just, right now. so I thought we had mentioned Cody Ledger's accident up in Houston. He uh, had a, a injured a disc in his neck, and he had to have surgery, I think it was yesterday. So just uh, just hoping for a good speed of recovery for him to get back next year in a race car if that's what he wants to do. But uh, he's taken some nasty rides over the years, but this one finally did him in, and he had to have surgery on his neck. and. Haven't heard how it all went, but uh, hopefully a, a, a good, good outcome and a speedy recovery to Cody Ledger. So last post I saw was from, from them last night about nine forty, ten o'clock ish, saying surgery went well and he has to be in some roller thing for six weeks. I, oh, this is doctor stuff. I have no clue. Yeah. And for like four months, he has to have that halo. Yeah, the halo cage around yeah. his neck. So sounds like surgery went well, and you know he has a long road ahead of him in recovery wise, but. You know, knowing Cody, he'll get through it. Yeah, I, I did message uh, Tracy and Cody both um, this morning. Um, yeah, it sounded like everything went well. So, um, hope everybody reached out to him. Help. I don't know. I mean, sounds like he's not going to be able to do much for about four yeah. months. So, yeah. Yeah. I know I'd be going crazy by about day five. So, uh, hopefully, <laughs> keep his spirits up yeah. and uh, hopefully they get better and get back to it. Yeah, Have you ever been hurt in a sprint car? Anything, any significant? No, I mean, I've never broken a bone, never stitches, so knock on wood. But closest thing I had was the, the, (laughs) I I, I probably did get one of those. But, I mean, never like like to where like I lost memory or anything. So, I mean, you see the stars and feel nauseous or whatever. So, 
I don't know if you classify that as mild or, or not. Yeah, but, that'd be a mild, I would guess. So, um, but no, I mean, other than that, I had the torque tube bend the bottom of the seat one time. Um, but that's about as close as it gets. Other than that, I don't have anything to talk about. Other than I was just going to talk about some big races this weekend. Yeah, here. I mean, you know, coming up we this had, weekend here, we, uh, I mean, here in the Cornhusker State, we have the ASAS National Tour coming to I eighty for the uh, Bobby Parker Memorial and the uh, Midwest Fall Brawl. So, yeah, they're both ASCS races, and like I've said on this show before, the ASCS really doesn't bring much to the table other than their name. Uh, they've only had seven drivers with twenty or more races this year, and there's, they raced thirty times. Uh, and, uh, Blake Hans only he's the only one that's run every race so uh, but we'll get some I'm, I'm, I'm expecting 30 cars at I-80 Speedway I would think uh, 4,000 to win on Friday it's 1,000 to start so uh, I would like to see a, a good car count and with the rumors of knock, uh, I-80 whether they're going to be around next year or two years uh, you better get there while you can and support this racetrack because uh, it's not going to be here forever uh, that, Joe Kaziski even said that so um, get out there and support I-80 this uh, this Friday and Saturday with the I-80, uh, the ASCS National 360 Tour. Any any offers for you to jump in a car this weekend, or has your phone still been quiet? <laughs> no, my phone's not been quiet. But I I mean, when once I knew my 360 was getting sold, uh, I called a few different guys, and you know nothing materialized. So um, Dust Dustin that helps me, uh, they're getting married, so. When we knew we weren't racing, we got, I got a bachelor party this weekend, so um, <laughs> can't go wrong with that. So. We're, we're running out of nice weekends to do anything yeah. before it starts getting cold. So, I um, mean, yeah, no, I man, I wish we were going out there, but just like like you said, with the unknown about I eighty and the unknown about what will happen to the three sixty bunch around here. I mean, I didn't want to be left with a motor and nowhere to go. So yeah, absolutely that. There's a, there's more factors than one that came to the decision to go 410 and do more of it. Spend more, make more. That's the way I look at it. <laughs> we ain't making no. Well, you know, <laughs> like you they say, potential you, to make more. You want a million dollars in sprint car racing, better start off with two million. So, yeah. uh, the only other race I was going to talk about is Houston. It's the USAC race this weekend. There are three days of racing. USAC sprint cars and midgets there. Twenty thousand to win both shows. So. Um, that should be a fun. I think fun that'd be a little race. fun track to race a mm-hmm. midget on, and, and even a non-wing sprint car. That'd be. You, a uh, fun if you track. want a road trip up Sunday night, let me know. Got to work on Monday. Mm-hmm. That's what vacation I, days are for. You'll be home by two thirty or three. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know. Uh, uh, I mean, I've done it a few. And times. that's in a truck. Oh, we can I go faster that, in the car. Yeah, <laughs> man, that drive between Sioux Falls and Omaha just gets so. Only. It's the Sioux Falls to Sioux City is not yeah. so bad. You can yeah. go like 85 yeah. miles yeah. an hour. Speed limit's 80, cruise at 90. And Sioux Falls Sioux to Omaha, I think, is one of the longest drives Sioux City ever. to Omaha yeah, is Sioux the City. most boring drive ever. That, yeah. that stretch yeah. of I-29, you know, construction zone after construction zone. <laughs> there's, there's one spot where it goes down to like 55, and it's like you're driving through there at, you know, 1, 2 in the morning, and you're like, why are we slowing down? There's nobody out nobody. here. Like, just, like, just and as soon as you throw the cones, you know there's going to be a cop right Oh, there. yeah, just throw the cones to the side, you know, open it up for whatever, nighttime. Right. But it's, yeah. Other than that, that's all I got, really. All right, well, I think that's going to do it for us, Tyler. Uh, congratulations again. Uh, $3,000 richer to go spend on that bachelor party, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean. Oh, he, I think he's buying, buying bush lights. He doesn't spend 
$3,000 on bullet. <laughs> hey, well, I told you before strippers. this started, I mean, I don't like craft beer like you don't like 305. So, yeah. And Brad, strippers are like 410s. They're expensive. Uh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't been to one of them in 30 plus years. So. They still have those? Yeah. I would say something, but it's inappropriate. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> about bolt-on parts and stuff like that. So. That's right. So, uh, yeah, congratulations. Good luck uh, next summer when the 410. Uh, I think all three of us should make a trip up Knoxville and go uh, yeah. support that number 12. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, go to any sprint car race. They're all good. Absolutely. Well, okay, absolutely. Yes, they are. <laughs> hey, that feature Sunday night mm-hmm. was, was one of the best races classic. at Eagle. That was classic. There's only one that I can think that tops that, and that's the Kyle Larson Outlaw win. Were you there the night that uh, I think it was Tyler Walker stomped on the brakes yeah. and Mark Kenzer? No, I was not there. Coming, that night. coming out of four. I mean, it was only a dash, but okay, the whole so place went nuts. Yeah, I remember that because I was standing next to Ted Johnson at the time, and everybody was arguing because that's where we all learned where the timing loop really was. <laughs> it wasn't at the flag stand, it was at the pole. Yeah. And the well, I'm argument. pretty proud. I must have been paying attention when I was. Yeah, four years old or whatever it was. That, that one I remember. All right, going to the story. What happened there? Why that, did Why did Tyler Walker stand on the? So, well, he, I mean, the went it was it, it was, was a great dash. Yeah, and the way the track conditions were, you did not want to win. You wanted to start on the outside. Yeah. So Walker come out of four and he was leading, and then he realized that, so he locked the brakes and. Mark Kinzer got beside him, then he locked the brakes, and I'm but pretty, he had to keep the motor going. Well, I'm pretty sure Tyler started on the outside on, on the dash, and he got out. So then he was winning it. Yeah, yeah. that's how it started. Yeah, so then they pedaled across the, the finish line until yeah. I don't even know. I'm pretty sure it. Tyler still ended yeah, up winning. Yeah, Tyler still ended up winning. But for them to think that quickly coming out of four and – think well shit i don't want to win this thing i want to start on the outside for the feature and then he locks the brakes mark locks the brakes and then they just coach that's across when they change it to give him the choice yeah. instead of yeah so because they were having a real problem that, that was like that wasn't the first time it happened that was the year. most epic moment of the night because if you cool, can yeah. answer who won the feature that night i'd be impressed well and then you could hear everybody in the stands what the hell why would they yeah. do that and Finally, people started figuring out what the the deal was. But yeah, everybody was dumbfounded that by the fact that they didn't want to win a race. So that race didn't pay anything. It leads to a big payday. Yeah, if you started <laughs> on the outside. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know who won that race. That'd be yeah, interesting I, to see. Yeah, go I'm through. Trying the to remember what year that was. I just Dover went. snookered me on one of those deals at Butler County one night. <laughs> they, they, it was one of them nights that Butler County had a dash and actually paid five hundred dollars. And yeah, I beat him. I started on the outside of the dash, and Jack started on the pole. And yeah, I got the jump and squeezed around him. He threw a slider in one and two, and I squeezed around him on the outside and ended up winning the dash. And I remember about halfway through thinking, you know, I really don't want to win this, but it does pay five hundred dollars. So then Dover probably went on. I went ahead and won the dash, and he went ahead and won won the the features. So yeah, (laughs) he got the big money. All right, I think that's going to do it for us. So, uh, yeah, Uh, Tyler, thanks again for jumping on with us. It's it's been a fun hour talking 305 racing. Thanks Thanks for having me. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we'll sketch everybody on the flip side.